Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, making a surprise appearance at Beyonce's Coachella set, it's Arturo Zarita. Dude, I have not seen any footage from this thing, but people keep talking about it. Chance All keeps talking Twitter. about it. Yeah, Chance. They called it a, Beyonce. Yeah, they called Beychella. it the uh, Beychella. I was like, sheesh. When was the last time? It wasn't Lamar Cella last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Beyonce fans have a habit of declaring everything like the the Beyonce it moment gets and over, yeah. like like granted, this was a crazy amazing set, uh, and I don't know how they pulled off such an elaborate set mm-hmm. at a like music festival where That's they only dope. have like an hour to change up between acts. It's pretty dope it's worth catching up on the uh youtube coachella channel whenever they post that oh but, but did it stream live so they've got that like streaming live yeah. thing and uh what happens is when there aren't acts performing live they seem to be repeating a lot oh, so okay. if you got a chance you kind of have to get lucky and tune in at the right moment but That's you do cool, have a though. chance to catch up with the beyonce That's show yeah okay mm-hmm. anyway in a little bit we're gonna get into the drama surrounding the con film festival and talk about our favorite Netflix shows. But first, what you watching, Art? Man, hasn't been good. But we're leading up to, to better stuff, right? Yeah, uh, we're, we're getting close to that fun summer. Right. We're going to get a whole slew of good movies soon, yeah, I think. I hope. Uh, truth or Dare. I'm, I look forward to every movie just to be able to make commentary on it. You know, even if it's a bad movie, you have fun with yeah. it because of how dumb it is, right? This has one of the dumbest endings of the year, man. Really? This has one of the dumbest endings of the year. I don't... See, I don't know. There's a part of me that maybe thought it would be some dumb fun. Can Is there at least dumb fun to be had there? It's... The next movie that I have, I believe, is dumb fun. This mm-hmm. is just like, it's dumb and you're laughing at them. Right. And, and I don't know how much they know. I don't know who dared Blumhouse to make this. <laughs> I don't know who did, but they can't uh, all be winners, I guess. Yeah, like when the when the teens, I, I I was explaining it like this. This is the movie that when you go to watch, people are on their phones. That's the audience it attracts. When right. even they're upset at the end of it, you're like, oh man, I, oh man. Um, the rampage, work. yeah, rampage. Oh, that is dumb fun. I don't. Okay. I feel like I have to see it again, but if I if I watch it again, doesn't that say something? Right. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, you do see movies a lot, but you think it's worth that watch? Exactly. Like- I, I see a bunch of stuff, or like a specific room, there's all these different things, and when I see them, I'm like, you get tired of it. But then you still gotta take your time, right? Like, there was this Holocaust movie that I saw uh, last month for a wrap-up, and as I was watching, I was like, I've seen so many of these, but I still gotta, okay, does it do a good job on its own? Right. And... I don't know why I'm comparing Holocaust to Rampage, but you get the point what I'm getting at. Rampage, does it do anything different than any other movies do? No. Does it have a lot of dumb things like people getting shot and then freaking healthier than you are in the theater in the next scene? Yeah. But the final sequence in Chicago is freaking insane, man. I didn't see any trailers for this other than yeah. like the first, you know, like when they show you a little bit in the beginning and I'm like, okay, it has to do with all an ape and and the rock finally yeah. has someone his own size that, that old arcade game that ending was insane man i thought it was good i thought that was worthy of a theater experience you can actually see the action like when it's happening you're like oh yes. like it, it this is what you want those specific rim movies to be when they like do the soccer boo and there's that right. little pause for the audience to go yeah and then they get hit back oh 
That was Last this movie. week on the show, we talked about another kind of like dumb, fun Dwayne Johnson movie, Jumanji, that you and I actually both liked quite a bit. Okay, I'm not saying it's Jumanji level. It's not that level. But it's got the same feel of fun, in a yeah. sense. Uh, but I'm not a fan of that ending. I'm actually not a fan of that ending. And maybe it actually kind of stems. It was a video I just recorded. Hopefully, I'll get it released. Uh, by the time you're watching, it'll probably be up. And it's my theory on Dwayne The Rock Johnson. For those of you who watch The Intercut, y'all deserve a little bit of the sneak peek. Oh, yeah. Um, if you don't mind having a little discussion right now about it. Please, let's do it. At the end of Rampage, George doesn't die, which he made it publicly. Like, mm-hmm. there's a whole fight that happens. George gets freaking impaled, but he doesn't die. And I was like, oh, I was a little bit of a cop-out, because you think he's dead, and then he goes, I'm not dead, and they do, like, this little camaraderie thing that they do he always flicks off Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Dwayne goes oh George and I was like I get it's what <laughs> and as I went Just home too much of a logical leap for you and this is a movie where Dwayne gets shot and he's fine the next yeah but uh it was the consequence level of it right we've seen my man punch a torpedo in Furious 7 my man punched literally the helicopter out of San Andreas <laughs> and I started thinking Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the same character he is in every movie. That's just true. He literally wears the same color shirt. Have you seen the tweet? And he's frequently going through the jungle? All the time, or he's like in a bunch of wreckage, and he always does the... Smolder. That's his thing. And that's fine and dandy. And it was when I saw his Rolling Stone interview, which I think is fantastic, and I highly recommend. Very good read. He brings up that the ending originally did have George dying. And he read the script, and he said... But humbug. <laughs> he said, absolutely not. I just I just rewatched Greatest Showman, so Bahumbug's <laughs> I'm gonna be using it a bit. He goes, Bahumbug. And he's like, George can't die. And I'm not I don't I'm I think it's fair assumption to say he's got the same pull Robert Downey's got. That if he says this ain't sticking in the script, it ain't sticking in the script. Right, and it went up right. to the director, the writers, producers, and I saw the movie. He got it changed. Yeah, and I you mean, can it- you can feel it kind it. of is the Dwayne Johnson cinematic universe, whatever right. he says goes. And he said, he's like, I have a relationship with my audience, and they're going to feel happy when they come to the universe. And it got me thinking, but Dwayne, that has to be your next step. And my theory is, I call it the Logan effect. I think the moment we see Dwayne The Rock Johnson die, and maybe, 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 maybe this video that I'm working on right now is a complete failure, but I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is one of the few people that is built just his connection with his audience that literally just seeing him you know like when we see matt damon cameos mm-hmm. and you automatically go oh it's matt damon you get that and matt damon good american baggage with it you used to used to. <laughs> used to i still do but yeah you know what i'm talking about like when we see him in interstellar and last year's cameo you automatically have the connection because it's actually this year he had another cameo too you automatically get that connection um the rock has that and if he ever actually has the balls to do that for the rock to die in a movie. That's what my that video is about. That might be his Oscar right That's there. what I'm saying. That's what my video is about. I think he's built that. I think he's built that. Interesting. Interesting. So, cool. So what have uh, you been watching? Yeah. Look forward to that on the ATZ channel. Uh, there's a couple different things. Uh, this is sort of an unconventional what I've been watching. But have you heard of the script to screen Instagram account? No. <laughs> so you remember how when uh, they used to do this for the best screenplay Oscar categories. It was one of my favorite things that the Oscars did is they would show you the script and someone reading along from the script and then show you that scene as it's in the final film. So you basically get to see the progress. 
what Script to Screen, the Instagram account does, is they take videos or photo slideshows where they take segments of a film script and put it up against the film like finished product of the film. It's really cool for someone like me who approaches films from the perspective of a screenwriter first and foremost to, to get to see literally from script to screen. It's got it right there. Yes. Yeah. For, I mean, it's got a wide variety of movies on there. They update fairly frequently and, you know, it's just oh, a way to fill my Instagram account with a little bit more cinematic flavor. It's been a real <laughs> wonderful addition to my timeline. So... Uh, I would definitely recommend following Script to Screen on Instagram. Uh, we mentioned already a little bit Couchella. Uh, the stay-at-home version of Coachella is on YouTube. And oh, it actually has a name? <laughs> I, I, I'm dubbing it Couchella. I don't Couchella. know if it's officially right. that, but uh, it's been enjoyable to catch Beyonce concerts and weekend shows without actually moving and mm-hmm. spending a lot of money on them. Uh, but the biggest thing I've been watching is I finally bit the bullet and uh, got a Hulu account. What do you think? And Worth it? Hulu's awesome, man. When did Hulu get so awesome? I don't know. I don't know if it was just when all these shows started disappearing from Netflix, but I have Bob's Burgers again. Bob's Burgers is back. Rick and Morty. That's what I got it for. Yeah. Uh, I've just been working through all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I've never been able to do that Uh before. I I caught up with, or I was able to show my girlfriend season two of Party Down because she never saw that. One of my favorite comedies. It's on Hulu, too. Mm -hmm. They got movies and stuff, too. I was watching. They got movies. This is news to me. (laughs) I I was watching Hunt for the Wilder People. They have that it's on, on streaming. Yeah, they have good movies on there. Like it's it's com- without me really giving it credit. Hulu yeah. has totally become a legitimate Netflix uh, competitor. It is, and maybe it doesn't have quite as much original good content as Netflix gives you, but it's still got those deals with so many TV studios mm-hmm. that I think it's totally worth fighting that bullet. And especially now, uh, there's like an. Um, offer with Spotify, where if you have Spotify already, that's a, you... That's why I got it, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that too yeah, now. That, that's pretty Pay dope. the extra dollar. It's worth it. So, yeah. No, it's definitely worth it. Totally question, worth it. Question for you. You got the ads or no ads? I'm going ads right now, but I, I'm, using it in, I'm using it enough that I might have to upgrade, yeah. to tell you the truth. No, I feel the same way. Yeah, what about you? You Ads, no ads? <laughs> no, I have it with ads, and it's the most yeah. annoying thing in the world. Because honestly, yeah, it's like you yeah. want to binge. Yeah, that is the one big difference. It is. It's a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, lots of good stuff on mm-hmm. Hulu. Like I said, Hunt for the Wilder People, Party Down, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Those are all good, worth worth your time. But we will move on to the yay or nay, talking about the latest happenings in the entertainment industry, starting with the Cannes Film Festival's recent lineup reveal was overshadowed by a very public battle with streaming giant Netflix. Cannes artistic di- director Terry. Rimo, I'm hoping I'm getting that right, I don't really care, imposed a ban on movies competing for the main prizes without a theatrical release, which essentially disqualifies Netflix films due to the company's day-on-date release policy where they release movies on their streaming service the same day they release them in theaters, if they release them in theaters at all. Uh, Netflix responded to this con move by removing all of their films from the French competition entirely, not even letting them show. Baller move. Art, yay or nay, this is a smart move by the Con Film Festival. Oh, okay, get heavy with that one. No, it's not. And seeing your reaction, uh, we've had a conversation on this. They're, they're so, what does con stand for? Does it stand for petty? 
because they're acting <laughs> like a bunch of third graders. Yeah, I mean, it, it is this weird thing where they've seemed to gone directly to war with Netflix, and meanwhile, it's Amazon dumb. gets to just like swoop in and right, show their movies despite yeah, being a they, giant. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because no, they true. give that theatrical window. Because they do which, get that. Yeah, which which you know, Khan is trying to stand up for cinema and the theater and that experience. So like right. I get where right. Net, I, I get where Khan is coming from, right. but no, I don't think this is a smart move because this also Khan is a marketplace too. That's one thing that we forget a lot of the times is film festivals aren't just places for people to go see movies. They're places for producers to go potentially buy movies that haven't yet mm -hmm. sought distri got distribution. True. And with this deal, it's preventing movies that don't have a French distribution deal from screening there, yep. regardless of whether or not they're associated with Netflix. Netflix so somebody's unfinished film that they are hoping will screen, or something like maybe Son of Saul, who, which won a couple years ago, might not get that kind of chance if it doesn't have a distributor lined up mm -hmm. pre-con film festival. Question. Uh, yeah. if, if it's Netflix's films... Yes. Then aren't they already going to be distributed to Netflix? Or are you saying that maybe Netflix is looking for like an international distributor or someone to... I'm saying in the case of films that don't have a distributor. Like, put aside Netflix. Netflix films can't compete. Okay. But if I, like, I want to make a film and submit it to the Cannes Film Festival, mm -hmm. it, I don't get that chance to get the spotlight of the Cannes Film Festival because I don't already have a distributor attached to my movie. They, they oh. want to know that a distributor will distribute it in France. So it's this weird thing where they're also punishing like the smaller movies and publishing Netflix, uh, punishing Netflix at the same time. It's idiotic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those moves that I think the collateral damage isn't properly assessed beforehand. I, it sounds like a, a, a third grade thing. It sounds like a headbutt. You don't even petty. realize you're hurting yourself, but it's this petty <laughs> thing that you're doing with one that... Two of the biggest movies from Khan's last year. The Meyerowitz stories in Okja. And they ended up on, on, on your top. Meyerowitz yeah. would have ended up on my, on my bigger list. I love Meyerowitz stories. Yeah. And what, you're just going to ban those type of movies? I didn't like how they, they insinuated that Netflix doesn't care about cinema. Because mm -hmm. cinema, to me, isn't just a theater. Because movies don't last in the theater. They're there for like right. six months the most. Last nowadays. The movie lasts. And guess who preserves it? People like Netflix. And what was that story with uh, Orson Welles? I don't know if I know what you're talking about. Orson Welles has a lost movie. But, oh, but, that one. Yeah, but Netflix doesn't care. That's why they put in all that money to finish it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think in this defense of the movie theater and making sure that the movie theater gets... Movie theater's fine. That's what movie yeah. passes for. <laughs> the, they've, you know, kind of made this move that isn't necessarily pro-movies in general. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a pro-theater move and not mm. necessarily a pro-film move. Uh, just sort of like a sub-story here. Did you see that Jeremy Saulnier? Sol yes, I did. I retweeted that. Bat. That, that dude's dope. I love Go ahead. Say it. Uh, he told people who said that Netflix films aren't necessarily real films to kindly stab themselves in the face. And then he retweeted it because people kept like posting about it. And he said, I really wish that people stopped misquoting me because it said, Jeremy Sonner wants you to stab yourself in the face. I said, and he goes, I so wish they stopped misquoting me. I said, kindly stab yourself in the face. <laughs> Those are the moments where it makes me like a director even more. You know what I mean? Because a director, Definitely. judging him by the films, is one thing. But when they end up being like a real funny person, like... Twitter's a crazy landscape, right? Like, people yeah. like Josh Whedon, I hate their Twitter accounts and stuff like that. But <laughs> the ones guy, who do it funny. right. 
The ones who they do it right earn yeah. a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. We previously heard rumors that the producers of It Chapter 2 wanted Jessica Chastain in the adult follow-up to last year's smash horror hit. Mm-hmm. Now, with news that Chastain is officially on board with the sequel, the latest news links Bill Hader and James McAvoy to the hit movie. McAvoy and Chastain have been hinting at his casting with recent posts on inter- Instagram, but Art, yay or nay, you're into It Chapter 2 Filled with familiar celebrity faces. Thousand percent. Yeah, that's it. The, no Finished. question at all. Uh, there's no. nothing. There's no appeal to you in the whole discovering of people. Like we didn't know who any of these kids were really going into the movie. We knew one of them. Jaden Lieberherber. Yeah, yeah, that guy. We knew one of them. There were kids too, though. Yeah, yeah. I think there's no. a familiarity because we've already known the characters as they grow up. Get familiar faces. I think it makes that's sense. Actually, that's actually a really interesting point. Uh, I was kind of just playing devil's advocate. I'm totally for yeah. it too. I yeah. also think uh, something that is going to be interesting here is that we don't often get big budget horror, and it was a big budget it horror is. film. It's a lot bigger now than we're we going think it to. Now we're going to get this one with a bunch of celebrity faces attached. I think it's a chance to maybe, you know, show some range and maybe do something really interesting here. I'd like to see. Uh, I, I'm I'm hoping this is going to be like a big, interesting production, big with ensemble, yeah. Some dramatic scenes, if you know, I mean, that'd be dope. Talking about Jessica Chastain, we got great actors there. As long as they keep the same director, uh, I think they do. I think they're doing. You that. have to. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road blew audiences away in 2015, and to the delight of fans, filmmaker George Miller commented that he already had scripts for Mad Max Five and Six lined up. But unfortunately, a legal battle between Miller's production company and Warner Brothers may prevent those sequels from happening. According to the lawsuit, Miller's company feels entitled to $9 million of bonus payment for delivering the movie $2.4 million under the agreed-upon $157 million budget. But Warner Brothers claims that the cost was over $180 million. Warner Brothers also alleges that they requested a 100-minute PG-13 movie and got a two-hour R-rated one. So, Art, yay or nay, legal troubles might keep us from ever getting more Mad Max. They're complaining because they didn't get a PG-13 movie and they got an R-rated Oscar nominated for freaking Best Picture. Ten Oscars nominated for oh, idiots Warner Brothers is also responsible for a lot of the stuff happening with DC right now so like <laughs> also the Can't only thing only thing I'm not buying is that he had scripts shut your face you had storyboards <laughs> man Max he had this. a log line yeah he's such a liar uh, no yeah that sucks I, I'm on George Miller's side yeah I mean always it's definitely, uh, uh, it's interesting looking into it because there's a lot of complications and there's definitely a lot of they said, no, they said mm-hmm. kind of stuff going on here. But it does seem a, a little petty and, and strange, mm-hmm. especially considering that Warner Brothers stands to make a lot more a lot than the more $9 than million dollars exactly. if they just make these movies. So, I don't know. Uh, it's dumb. My, my feeling is that ultimately... Profit, the, the the lure of profit will weigh out, and somebody will decide. Oh, we need to get paid anyway. Let's let's move forward. Let's figure this out, and let's make more movies. What if they move forward without them? I'm hoping legally that's not possible. But yeah, what if they do? I don't know. I mean, he's the visionary behind all of it, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if uh, Saw's continued. Saw, Saw conti- has continued. Saw continued but it, without. Them. I believe it continued with their blessing, at least. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll see. 
Uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski in a recent interview mm -hmm. say that they're glad they turned down the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Art, let's keep this brief. Yeah. Yay or nay, you believe them. No. With no. all the, no. Yeah, I mean, like, John Krasinski was talking about one of the reasons that he <laughs> Wait, no, really, I don't. No. <laughs> a, a, a John Krasinski was talking about one of the reasons that he made A Quiet Place was that he wasn't really getting a lot of offers after The Office. He'd probably be getting some of those offers if he was Captain America right now. I exactly. Mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Is he going to... We all know you tried out for Captain America and didn't get it. Yeah. Like we, yeah. Know, we don't hate you. We love you, but yeah. stop. Uh, just want to throw in there that he apparently has lined up his next project, a film called Life on Mars, a sci-fi film. Go. Sound exciting? Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally for that. I, I feel like he's proven himself now in more than one genre. So Less Michael Bay, though. Less Platinum Dunes. Just a little, yeah. just a little bit less. Yeah, and uh, hopefully he can team up with Blumhouse or somebody mm. instead. Yeah, you know, a quiet play should have been a bit more quiet. I want life on Mars to be on Mars. <laughs> Get him up there. All right, uh, let's go to the rough cuts real quick and wrap this up. Terminator Five cast Gabrielle Luna from Agents of Shield in the title role. Art, yay or nay? You're back on board the Terminator hype train with this news. Nope. What was the last good Terminator movie? Exactly. Let's keep going. Yeah, I'm going to know as well. Westworld creators, Rick Roll fans, yes. with promise of season two spoilers, art, yay or nay. <laughs> this should have been topic of the week, hands down, yes. I want to make a video on this. This is the greatest thing in the world. They were on Reddit. He said, you know what? We've been thinking about it. Theory spoils stuff. Uh, the Last Jedi, because of all the theories, people hated it. You know what? We're just going to put it all out there, and it'll help the show so you can enjoy it. Boy, I clicked on it not knowing if I wanted to see it, and all of a sudden I hear... Never gonna give you <laughs> I, I'm gonna go nay only because I think this would have been like a boss move for Lost nah. in 2010. No. Like how many more times can no. we go to Rick Astley for this? No. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. But uh, in, in my opinion, releasing a video isn't the way to go. If you don't want to spoil the series... Oh, wait, cons won't let you because Netflix isn't cool, right? Just release the whole thing. That's the best way to avoid it. So that's when I knew there was something up about it because I was like, there's absolutely no way that they're going to release everything that shouldn't be released. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Sasha Baron Cohen will spy for Netflix in a new limited series, yay or nay, you'll be watching this one. Yeah. I think I could handle Sasha at home. Yeah. I mean, I like Sasha a lot. He's too. got a lot yeah. of range, more range than he's given credit for. So I'm excited to hear about a new project for his. And uh, maybe this will be one that, you know, kind of reigns him in a little mm -hmm. bit. We'll see. The Comedy Central hit Broad City will end after season five as Alana Gla Glazer and Abby Jacobson have made a transition into solo careers and bigger projects. The upcoming season of Broad City is set to be its last. So Art, Yerne, is Broad City going to be the thing that we think about first? When we think about Alana and Abby, ten years from now, Alana and oh, okay. Alana and Abby looking into the future. I hope not. Um, Jordan Peele in a couple of years, I think is he's not remembered to many. I have that example right? written exactly. down right you here. He's know. no Continue. longer the guy from Key and Peele. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping for them. I, I'm wishing them the same exact success because I like them both. Yeah, I like them both too. I think Abby in particular is showing a lot of range. She's in that uh, drama movie that's on Netflix right now. And she's do hosts like an art podcast on NPR or something like that. Okay. So she's definitely Do shown you? that she has like wider interests. And then Alana showed up in Girls' Night and was funny in that, even though the movie's not that great. But I think she's a very capable comedian. So uh, I'd like to see some more comedies from her. 
And then lastly, Netflix renews On My Block for a second season. I haven't seen this show yet, but Art, I know you have. So yay or nay, you'll be binging season two of On My Block. Yes, I will. At least that first episode, because I need to know what happens with that cliffhanger. Uh, I'm super excited for it, super happy for it. All I care about is everything sucks also coming back, because they also left you with that knock, knock. Gotta open the door. That one got canceled, but at least on my yeah. block. At least on my block. That was more of a grave situation. Win some, lose some, I guess, with Netflix. All right, so we move on. Sticking with Netflix, though, in our topic of the week. Let's go. This week, we're continuing with Bracketology. We had a lot of fun doing the A24 and Spielberg brackets last week for you. Uh, Art, I don't know if you got a chance to look at some of the comments. A lot of people really riding for room. Uh, saying that we didn't really? give it enough respect on the AT24 bracket. There was enough room for it. I don't know what else to tell you, my dude. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to try this Netflix one. I actually assembled this one mm-hmm. on a website called Brackify.com. Kind of cool. Uh, they let you assemble your own brackets. Uh, I've got the link Bracket. down below in the description if you want to play along with yourself. Uh, we will run through this quickly. <laughs> Should I do that again? Phrasing, my dude. No, you keep that in. You keep that in. Keep that in. Do that if you want. (laughs) All right. So we are going to start with the 1 through 64 matchup. House of Cards versus Hemlock Grove. I feel like this is easy for us. Uh, I could not watch an episode of Hemlock Grove. See, I saw one. Uh, Hemlock Grove is, um, what's his name? Eli Roth. It is Eli Roth, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's so eerie. It's so whatever. I don't care for it. I've only seen the first season of House of Cards, but I've also only seen the first season of Hemlock Grove. Um, yeah. I know I need to catch up on it. I think it's really cool. You saw the teaser, right, for how they're bringing it back? Uh, no, actually, but I, you know, I know what's happening. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, how are they going to bring it back with Kevin Spacey because he did that one thing. And they pretty much just showed it with uh, Robin, Robin Wright. Right, yeah. Just literally, she just turns around, looks at the camera and goes, oh, we're not done. And I was like, <laughs> I got to cool. binge. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm like you. I've only seen the first season of House of Cards, but I really like that season, mm-hmm. so it's more than I liked <laughs> of Hemlock Grove. Yeah. Uh, next matchup, Big Mouth versus F is for Family, two animated comedies that I enjoy on Netflix. Uh, I think F is for Family is really underrated. I'd really I like know, more I know, I started watching to, it because of you. I want more people to give it a chance because it, it's got this really great dynamic, this like old-fashioned family dynamic. Mm-hmm. But Big Mouth is really funny, and I kind of think I got to give this one the slight edge, Big Mouth. I saw a lot of people complaining about Big Mouth, like literally, like some, some big people, and people that I actually like too, and they did not like it at all. Big Mouth sucks. It's, it's terrible. Um, I think they didn't see the ending, because I think the ending very salvages, very much salvages that final line. Mm-hmm. I think if you did not like the show, saves it. Yeah, I I'm mean, go you big see how too. self-aware they are, at yeah. least. thousand percent. Cool, so you're going big mouth. Mm-hmm. All right, in our next matchup, it's Mindhunter versus Wormwood. Uh, I don't know if you've even seen Wormwood. I've seen Not Wormwood. a lot of people have. Yeah, I've seen Wormwood. I, I think we're going Mindhunter here, right? Yeah, Wormwood didn't know if it was a documentary or something else. And that's completely fine. American Animals, look out for it. That is half documentary, half narrative uh, fiction. Uh Mindhunters, though. <laughs> Mindhunters is good. Yeah. I love Mindhunters. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to mess with Fincher. He, mm. He's one of my top guys. And Mindhunter, it starts a little slow, but it gets super, it's super good. gripping by the end. Mm-hmm. Daredevil versus The Punisher in a Marvel off. 
This is not really hard for me. I didn't watch The Punisher, though, so do you want to be the expert look, here? Look, 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 look. I know it needs to be Daredevil, and I'm sure we're going to go Daredevil, so that's fine because of the, the hallway scene, and we'll bring it up more later. Punisher, the hallway scene. Punisher has one of the best endings. I don't know if you finished all of The Punisher, but The Punisher has has this one scene where, you know in Creed, where he gets hit? And then everything flashes, and it's yeah. that, and then he comes back to life. It's that. It's that at the end of The Punisher during a torture okay. scene. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And it also ends with one of the craziest things. It's uh, about militaries. Like, it actually has, like, a message about when you're in the military. And it was pretty much, it ends on that line when he's there. Um, nobody, nobody go it. AA meetings. What are those known as? In Fight Club. Uh, she was addicted to going to those uh, oh, uh, just support, groups. Yeah, support groups. Yeah, support groups. Uh, he's in one for the military, and, and he pretty much says, when you train someone to be a fighter and you don't longer have them fight, what's their purpose? It just, like, ends. And then season one just ends. I'm like, Marvel, why are you making me think? Damn. So it is good. It is really, really good, and I highly recommend it. But, you know, Daredevil kicked it off. And Daredevil season one, I think, still still holds its own. Moving on, another Marvel show, Jessica Jones going up against Santa Clarita Diet. I gave Santa Clarita Diet a chance, and mm-hmm. I, I just could not do more mm-hmm. than an episode. Um, I like the first season of Jessica Jones. I like the first season of Jessica Jones, too, especially because it spawns my favorite out of the bunch, which is Luke Cage. Cool, so we'll go Jessica Jones here. Mm-hmm. Uh, One Day at a Time versus Castlevania. I recommended One Day at a Time, and I called it Once Upon a Time by accident. But Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> those are both on you. Those are those are one of the few I have not seen those two. Yeah, so. I haven't seen Castlevania, so but I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna like it as much as I do like One Day at a Time. Mm-hmm. I like One Day at a Time quite a bit. Uh, then go into American Vandal versus Friends. Oh, from why you gotta college. do it like that? I mean, mm-hmm. listen. Give, give me your Friends from College defense. Before have you we, seen it? We go. No, I mean, I've seen a little bit of it. I like Friends from College. Friends from College, like I've been saying, Easy's at the top of the game, right? For future spoilers, but Friends from College. Um, literally a lot of the ones that have a key in it has that feel. Remember I said it, it's kind of like that improv one that he had. Uh, it oh, was, don't think twice. Exactly. And it's right. got that same type of feel of like those, that friend group. It feels very authentic. You know, they're yeah, not, they're not, yeah. it's not very much friends like, oh, look at this little scenario. The scenarios are I'm stuck in traffic in New York City. I'm really bumming out and I'm trying to complain about traffic while also complaining about the fact that we can't have a baby. I like the way that that it, it pits itself in positions. Uh, y'all know American Vandal's winning this whole thing, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not really hard to choose when drawn on dicks is one of the uh-huh. options, I guess. If you don't I finish don't this whole thing, just know that you already finished the bracket. <laughs> uh, finally, 13 Reasons Why and Iron Fist. I mean, neither of us are big on 13 Reasons Why, but I don't think either of us have any love for Iron Fist. I'm make, I'm gonna make you say one, dude. You have to pick one. No, because I'm not. I refuse to say this name out loud. So I'm gonna let you pick it. I'm not saying that I agree with you, but I'm okay. I'm going 13 Reasons Why because I finished it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I hate Iron Fist too, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not an easy choice. But I'm there. not saying the other one. Uh, Orange is the New Black versus Chelsea. I have dropped off of Orange is the New Black, Mm -hmm. but I really love the first two seasons, Mm -hmm. and I haven't really watched a whole lot of Chelsea. And my my girlfriend's binged it. I've seen little bits of Chelsea here and there, and while I think that it is better than her show, 
uh, on uh, when it was on Comedy Central. Still not. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't. I don't think it's fair to compare it to the freaking narrative that is Orange Is the New Black. So yeah, it is a little bit of a yeah unfair mm-hmm. ma- matchup. In a battle of Netflix's reality shows, we have Queer Eye versus Nailed It. I've actually seen both of these, okay. and I think they're actually both really enjoyable. Take but it. I've heard a lot Queer, of about Queer Eye. Queer Eye has a, a really warm center and like a moving, heartwarming aspect to it that I just think gives it the edge. It's they're both fun shows, but one actually might make you feel things. So That's fair. Let's go Queer Eye here. That's fair. Luke Cage versus Altered Carbon. Ooh. I actually haven't seen either of these, but I know you've at yeah, least I've seen started. Both. Yeah, I've seen both of them. So uh, I'm going to have to give it to Luke Cage, and the reason I'm going to give it to you there is because I think it is one of the best out of the bunch, and I love the direction that the thing took on it being a rap album. Season one is a rap album. It's a mixtape. Every single uh, song, every single episode is named after a song. It's based at like a like a rap album, and it's in its uh, storytelling and its themes from episode to episode. I think it is it is one of the best Marvel ones. Alter Carbon is really, really good, though. I said it. The only problem with it is that uh, I'm going consistency-wise, and Luke Cage keeps that consistency. Alter Carbon goes from being very Blade Runner-ish to like, whoa, wow, we got some really good... Okay, now it's a CW show. Right. Next matchup, Bloodline versus Godless. I feel like I gotta go Bloodline here. Bloodline, you know, easily. Yeah. Remember we were so hyped for Godless? Yeah. And then we saw it, and I, like, I messaged you, I was like, does anything happen? No, no it doesn't. That's, what a shame, what a waste that of was a great, such... great premise. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Bloodline's good though, and it's got Linda Carnelli, so you know. <laughs> you know uh, Marco Polo versus Disjointed in a battle of mm-hmm. wounds that I just don't want to watch. Uh, Marco Polo was yeah. Netflix's first attempt at that kind of like global massive hit, mm-hmm. and Disjointed is a laugh track sitcom with Kathy Bates as a stoner. Yeah, uh, I'm picking Marco. I've only seen the pilots on both, and I'm picking Marco Polo over the other. Again, reminder, you guys, we have the link, but you also let us know and yell at us because we don't <laughs> yell at us down below, but convince yeah. us. That's the main thing because exactly. for a lot of these, because they're TV series and us being more movie guys, they're TV series, so if any of these are worth it, if Marco Polo gets better third season, then I'm willing to give it a chance, but uh, I mean, I'm right. picking it. Over this yeah, I mean, look, because... there's a lot of Netflix shows out there, so it's hard to get to all of them yeah. as we are trying to uh, illustrate here. But these are the ones that we've managed to get through and really enjoyed. So uh, it was great having your responses to our last bracket. Definitely let us know what you think of these matchups down below. Wet Hot American Summer versus Everything Sucks. You just mentioned that you liked Everything Sucks. How much do you like it, Art? How much? Hey, screw you, Zach, because I know you put this together, so screw you. <laughs> It's Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, yeah. It's easily Wet Hot American Summer there. Uh, the Defenders versus On My Block. I, I do like the transitions in Defenders. I think I think that they do some really cool stuff, like someone will put on their hood, like Luke Cage will put on a hood, and then it becomes Jessica Jones outside. It's really cool. Um, on My Block, I liked. I put it on to some people. And they came back going, hey, thanks for the recommendation, but you're wrong, you little dick. It's 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 fantastic. It's incredible. Oh. It's not just okay. And I'm like... Yeah, there's a bunch of people on Twitter I've seen who like love I On My Block. I didn't know it was rated that high. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm picking it. And I'm glad that it got uh, the next one. And I said I made a whole video about it mainly because even if you don't like the show or nothing, what you learn from it is that idea of, again, what we just talked earlier in the show, the most emotional punch came from a, a comedy. 
what you think is supposed to be feel good, and then you get the biggest emotional punch from it. Yeah. I think we got two quick matchups here. Mm -hmm. uh, Master of None over Haters Back Off, Master and then Stranger Things over Flaked. Flaked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, love yeah. versus easy. This is a harder one. I no, I've said I've I've been, I've been saying this multiple times. The first okay, second good. I thought I was like because I just finished love. I was like, how? Oh no, it's easy. Yeah, easy's easy. great. We we are big. You he easy put me on easy. You put me on easy. So that's how I knew it was good. We should have a we should we, we should have a podcast. I like this podcast thing. Yeah. it's a good good idea. Yeah. Sense eight versus atypical. atypical. Uh, did not really watch much of Sense eight, and I really atypical. liked atypical. So liked we're atypical both going atypical here. Of course, yes. Cool. And then Bojack Horseman versus the characters. Another really quick answer for the two of us. Definitely Bojack. Mm -hmm. Making a murderer versus Stop. the ranch. Stop. Why'd you even the put the ranch, ranch on here? <laughs> I mean, I gave it a low seed. It's seed fifty-five. It is surreal how bad that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know who wanted more Ashton Kutcher laugh tracks it comes about red states, but there you go. Um, uh, the OA versus Lady Dynamite. Bro, I am not letting us choose the OA. I'm sorry. Really? I don't, I don't like oh, that Oh, look, look, look. I don't like the OA either, and I get constant things. Explain it. Please explain it. Make this whole thing for it. I'm like, no. I, maybe, but I, Phyllis <laughs> dancing in tights? <laughs> Sadness? <laughs> The embodiment of sadness, doing a dance. People number? coming back to life from like spastic mode. I don't. Get I it. just. I could not. I, I saw all of the OA, and I'm mad at myself for having watched it. Didn't I don't they get know like why it's coming back for a second season? <laughs> Didn't they get kidnapped by like a blind guy or something? Yes, <laughs> something like that. I don't know, man. Lady Dynamite is an actually hilarious show. I've it never seen. Give, it. it gives me a panic attack because mm -hmm. Maria Bamford is like so on the edge of sanity throughout it, uh -huh. but. It's funny. It's uh, from the same guy who show ran Arrested Development, Mitch Hurwitz. So uh, let's go Lady Dynamite there. Sure. Yeah. Dark versus She's Gotta Have It. Uh, I haven't caught up with She's Gotta Have It yet. Uh -huh. I am watching Dark, though. Mm -hmm. I am. And it's uh, pretty good yeah. through the first four episodes. So. I, I recently started watching it because uh, shout out to Impression Blend. She did a video on it, and I was like, "I, right, you know, this is like the 4,000th person to, to mention it. And she had mentioned right. it. She said it was really good. She said just... Don't think about anything. Go and watch. I was like, I and I, I saw the first episode, and I saw three of you. Got to have it. You got to have it. Is just it's not for me. I love the style mm -hmm. of it, but it's not for me. Um, it's just it's a bunch of sex, and you got to have it. Like literally, the first three episodes, they were just banging. They're very good, good-looking people. These the dudes are sculpted and whatever, but dark. <laughs> Dark's got the story. It's got the story. Nice. Uh, then we have The Crown versus Girl Boss, a show that got canceled after one yeah, season right versus one of Netflix's biggest shows. The I'm Crown. Go the Crown. Mm -hmm. Narcos versus Fuller House. Uh, gotta go Narcos. The Keepers versus Neo Yokio. Two very, very different shows. Keepers. Your own Keepers? Keepers is crazy. Okay, I will, I will let you have Keepers. It is a great show. I'm going to just throw out there that Neo Yokio is one of the most bizarre three hours I've spent on Netflix, and I love basically every second of okay, it. Okay, I didn't finish it. I only saw the first one mainly because Jaden Smith. Yeah, so this is also created by the guy who's the lead singer in Vampire Weekend. Jesus and Mero are on the show, as is Jason Schwartzman. It's, it's like... Jesus and Mero's in the show? Yes, yes. This is the most bizarre collection of ideas. It's a show set in a fictional city called Neo-Yokyo, which is half Tokyo, half the city of New York set underwater. 
Rapture. And there's like Jude Law as a mecha gunna, Gundam type of thing that's Jaden Smith's sidekick. I just, I was sitting there just with my jaw dropped, like, what is happening? Oh, I, I, I loved, I loved Neo Yokio. I gotta finish. I mean, again, playing the bracket game, I don't think it's gonna go against what's up next, but I, did you see the Keepers? I, I did, and I'm gonna give it yeah, to the Keepers, keepers pretty, because pretty I think crazy. the Keepers is yeah. really great. So let's go with the Keepers, but I just thought, yeah. gotta throw some love out mm-hmm. there for Neo Yokio. Uh, then Glow versus My Next Gex Needs No Introduction. I mean, I, I haven't really cared that much about the Dave Letterman okay, show. We both really Thank like you. Glow. Glow, I, no, Glow's getting it. I tried watching the Letterman show, and it is pretty good. The editing is a tro- I didn't know what it was at first, right? I was like, there's something in here, but I didn't care enough to know. And then, um, I'm blanking on his name right now. But uh, I'll make sure I send you the link, and it'll be down below. Uh, this dude made a video. He's making some of the best videos on YouTube, to be completely honest. I think he's very underrated. This guy made, I think his name is Thomas Flight. But again, the link will be down below. He made a video about the problem with uh, my next guest, and it was the editing. He says it cuts unnecessarily mm-hmm. just because it needs to be jumping, but it's like it doesn't punch it's- in on a certain thing. And I realized, oh my goodness, you're so right. And then I tried watching an episode, and it's atrocious. Yeah, I haven't seen that video, but that's a really good point that yeah. I hadn't thought of. It's trying to like create this rhythm, and it ends up it's making not. it lack rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt versus Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, I got to go Kimmy Schmidt here. Uh, I just like that style of comedy a little bit more. Uh, but see, the thing is, I liked the first season of Kimmy Schmidt. I didn't really care for the second season. I think there's a third. Yeah. I haven't caught up on uh, Mystery Science, Science Theater. I will see the trailers to it. I guess it didn't intrigue me enough because I am a fan yeah. of the, the old, old one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Kimmy Schmidt for the first one, for the first season. Cool. Grace and Frankie versus With Bob and David. Uh, I know a lot of people like Grace and Frankie. I don't like Grace and Frankie. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I enjoyed a little bit of With Bob with David and David. I don't what is really Bob love David? that show. I don't it, care it's for the Mister Show uh, redo, redo whatever with uh, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. It, it's not that. It's not that special. Oh, okay. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, well, this one will probably lose in the next matchup. We'll, we'll go with Bob and David. Uh, next up, Seven Seconds versus The Get Down. I believe this is uh, your category, too. To you haven't seen Seven yet? Nah, man. Uh, seven Seconds gets it. That's it. Seven <laughs> Seconds gets it. Get, down, get Down's okay. I don't get why they split it in two parts. It's fine. It, yeah. it is, it's good. But uh, the HBO one, I believe, HBO had one as well. Like There was a, a lot that were coming out that had to do with that stuff. Vinyl was also another one that had come out uh, very much in that era. Get Down's not bad in any way, shape, or form. Uh, very stylistic because I think that was, this was the Boz Lerman one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, but Seven Seconds is very good. I love the cast. I love the themes that it gets into. It's very good. Very heavy-handed on the last episode, but I highly recommend Seven Seconds. Still worth the watch. Oh, I've been saying I binged it. If I binge it, I'm like that's that's the best recommendation I can give you. Awesome. All right, uh, Dear White People versus a series of unfortunate events. I'm a big fan of Dear White People. I know you've seen both. Yes, I have. Uh, and you're probably going Dear White People here, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I grew up on a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, but not the show, the books. <laughs> Dear White People. Dear White People made me like the concept to a movie that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in the last first round matchup, Stop. we have Ozark versus Stop. Gypsy. Sorry, Gypsy. So- sorry, Naomi. This have is definitely Jason Bateman's. No, it you is told hot, me not to. It is hot trash. Yeah. 
it's gotten nothing. No, but three bad episodes do the exact same thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, what a waste of what a waste of our girl. What a waste of Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so second round, getting back to the top of it, we have House of Cards versus Big Mouth. And it's weird because I feel like this would be a really easy win for House of Cards a couple of years ago. Uh, considering that I dropped off that show and I'm still really into Big Mouth, I almost want to give this one to Big Mouth. Uh, I'm going to have to stop you. I've only seen one season of House of Oh, no, I saw a season and a half. Okay. Come on now. I mean, yeah, it's really good. I Come on now. I mean, look, I can go with House of Cards. I can. But I've only quit on one of these two shows right. is my point. One of these two shows only has one season. That's also <laughs> a good point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So we'll give it to House of Cards and move on to Mindhunter versus Daredevil. Uh, for me, this is pretty easy. I don't really... I, there's a limit to how much I like any of those Marvel shows. And we talked about it before. Mindhunter is really, really brilliant and has a way of just sucking you in and, and getting you really, really hyped for this universe. I don't know. I, I'm totally into Mindhunter here. Mindhunter, it's manipulating you while you're watching it. That's fantastic. Jessica Jones versus One Day at a Time. I really love One Day at a Time. I think it's much. I think it's much more intelligently written than Jessica Jones. I, I've only seen a little bit of the second season, but I just kind of couldn't get into it. Uh, and I think there's other people who kind of soured a little on Jessica Jones mm -hmm. in its second season. But uh, even in its first season, I don't think it touched on any nearly as many interesting subjects. Or was nearly as funny, I guess, as one day at a time. I do like the I do I do think that there's stuff that the, the first season covers with trauma and stuff, especially from the yes. stable perspective. Uh, but I, I'm willing to give it to you. I did not care for, I did not get hyped for season two. At the end of Jessica Jones, I was like, all right, that was cool. Right. But I realized that it, what wore off was the beginning when it said, "You want to go get coffee?" That's the problem. Like, this is a Marvel thing. And then I realized in rewatches, that's not there. I haven't seen one day at a time, but I'm I'm gonna trust you. That it's good. And then uh, easy matchup with American Vandal beating 13 Reasons Why. Next up, Orange is the New Black versus Queer Eye. I mean, I like Queer Eye a lot, but I think there's a limit to how much I can award reality versus something that's a really intelligently scripted narrative. Even if I haven't stuck with Orange is the New Black, I love those first two seasons. The characters alone. Yeah. Luke Cage versus Bloodline. This one's all you. Luke Cage. Any any deciding factor? The way it's structured. Bloodline, I think, is, is a little tedious at points, and I really, really do love it. But it, it, it felt more tedious the second season. I don't have a second season to compare Luke Cage to, but I really, really love the stuff. Mahershala Ali's in Luke Cage. What am I talking about? Why am I defending it anymore? <laughs> uh, we're going Wet Hot American Summer over Marco Polo. And then On My Block versus Master of None. I mean, Master of None is one of the best Netflix shows out there, I think. Do you want to defend On My Block or... Did you pick Wet Hot American Summer over On My Block? <laughs> No, I picked it over Marco Polo. Oh, yeah. You already know. No, we pretty much agree. We have a podcast together. Yeah. Now, uh, what do we say? On my block versus Master of None? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what it is. Come on. Now. Yeah, Master of you None. Know, yeah, you know what it is. Are we allowed to like it? Can I not make that joke? I don't know. I think, I think we can I? like it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm picking Master of None. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the post-babe.net yeah. era. 
uh, Stranger Things versus Easy. Did I say Stranger of Things? Stranger Things versus Easy. Easy. Is this easy for you? Yeah. I mean, I know you're not a huge Stranger Things fan. Or, that, that's or also basically a... not a Stranger Things fan. Yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. Stranger Things is a very very good show. I don't I don't hate it at all. Yeah, and I actually really really like season two. Like I like season two more than fans of Stranger Things like season two. I feel it's except true. for episode seven. You like it more than I did. Yeah, uh, but there's just something about easy. There's something literally about easy. I binged it all. Like yeah, the length of the entire show. That's how much. There was no breaks. There was no nothing. Right. I saw the whole thing. And I think we've talked about this before, but easy kind of represents a lot of things that we really like about TV, the mm -hmm. way that it's able to uh, kind of give you more of a community, switch up its storylines, go from character Dude, to character. It's like an anthology and not at the same time, yeah. I, I'll, mm -hmm. I wonder like this. Stranger Things relies on nostalgia. Easy relies on life. I think that's a good argument. I'll, I'm willing to go easy here as well. Then Atypical versus BoJack Horseman. Uh, we both thought that the, the portrayal of uh, autistic kid, right? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, the autistic kid in Atypical was really sweet and mm -hmm. fun and uh, life affirming, but kid with ain't got nothing on BoJack. Kid with autism, so you don't get yelled at. <laughs> okay. In the comments, I don't think I hit you with. Thank you. It's Thank a fantastic show, though. Highly recommend it. Yeah, definitely recommend that one. Then we got Making a Murderer versus Lady Dynamite. Uh, as much as I like Lady Dynamite, I was not pulled through it the way that I was pulled through Making a Murderer. Yeah, it's um, So I think we got to go there. Give us American Vandal. Uh, and then Dark versus The Crown. I've only really watched Dark here. <sighs> the Crown is really good, though. The you Crown like is really. I, I love the whole way that they're approaching it. Six se he says, I want six seasons. Not less, not more. I'm not signing on until you give me these six seasons with the cast and everything. But I, have, I mean, it's award-nominated yeah. and highly lauded. But I haven't finished Dark either, and I feel yeah. like Dark has the potential... You haven't finished the whole season, right? No. Dark has the potential to like really come in and like with one season, trump any of these like American Vandal does for us. You know what I mean? Right. I'm picking the Crown unless you've seen enough of Dark to be like, no, this is it. Now nah, let's go with the Crown here. All right. So the Narcos versus the Keepers. So keep I've seen a bit of Narcos, but I'm not really super on board with it. Are you a big Narcos fan? Yeah. So are the Migos. What are you talking about, boy? <laughs> So you're definitely going that over keepers. I would go. I would go narcos over keepers. I, I'm fair. With, I'm fine with that. I know mm -hmm. a lot of people really do love narcos. Yeah. Uh, Glow versus Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think we're both pretty easy on the side of Glow yes. for this one. Yes. With Bob and David versus Seven Seconds. Let's go straight to with uh, Seven Seconds, and then last second round matchup is Dear White People versus Ozark. All right, let's do the Zach. All right. I would say that the reason why we should go Dear White People is that Ozark is, at best, a lesser version of Breaking Bad. And Dear White People is, at best, its own show. Counter. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking Bad's really good. Discount Breaking Bad is, can be very good. So is Ozark. But... Dear White People gave me some of the funniest laughs of the year. Dear White People had the balls to present. I really do like Ozark. But Dear White Here's People... Had... Go ahead. Here's an interesting question. Both of these shows are coming back for a second season relatively soon. Which one are you going to binge first if they drop the same day? 
I'm not gonna lie. I I like them both equally. Like this is I don't yeah. think any other match was like this. I actually this is like a good matchup. I I like both of them equally in terms of how separate they are. Like if they were both in the same genre, I'd probably be able to pick one over the other. But mm-hmm. it literally would come down to do I want to see. Um, it's Dear White People because of episode 5. Dang it. <laughs> I forgot about episode 5. Yeah, man. With Barry hey, Jenkins think, one. Oh, my goodness. I think it's got that slight edge. I think uh, it's a slightly more interesting show. Even when I disagreed with it, it's... Uh... Uh, into the round of 16, House of Cards versus Mindhunter. Mindhunter? I'm saying Mindhunter. I don't care if somebody yeah. else disagrees. These are the two Fincher shows, yeah. but uh, he's only involved in one still, so I, I think Mindhunter's mm-hmm. the more interesting show. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know there'll be some House of Cards fans that maybe want to defend it mm-hmm. down low in the comments, so mm-hmm. let us know if we're wrong there. One Day at a Time versus American Vandal. I mean, look, I like One Day at a Time a lot, but I wasn't blown away, completely surprised the way that American Vandal just completely upended my expectations. So we got to go American Vandal, yeah? I'm waiting for the next one. Come on, man. <laughs> Orange is the New Black versus Luke Cage. You going to stick up for Luke Cage here? or No. Yeah, I mean, I think Orange is the New Black gets yeah. love for its ensemble and everything. Yeah. Then Wet Hot American Summer versus Master of None, two Netflix comedies. I think this is a pretty interesting matchup. But it is. I can't, I I can't let our bias take, get taken away. I feel like my bias leans toward Wet Hot American Summer because of my yeah. idiotic sense of humor. But right. Master of None is literally crafted in its second season, right? And I know that that's the bit because it covers something in particular. But the second right. season from the episode where, it, where it, like half of it is silent, um, when you're going from different perspectives, the themes that it covers, the bacon episode. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, I think here, the thing with me is I'd say there's maybe some episodes of Master of None that I don't really want to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I can rewatch all of Wet Hot American Summer. Mm, but the okay. high points, the high points of Master of None are so True. much higher and they both than have, anything Wet Hot American Summer I does. I agree with you. And they both have two seasons. Yeah. So that's that's a least somewhat none. fair comparison there. Yeah. For me, I feel like I, I'm going to go Master of None, yeah. just barely. I don't yeah. want to go to camp. I've been wanting to go to Louisiana or wherever it is that you got that sauce, the yeah. chicken from, since uh, season one. Nashville. Yeah. Uh, so that Easy versus BoJack Horseman, a uh, battle of two shows that we kind of hold deep in our hearts. I mean, you know what it is, though. It's BoJack, man. BoJack, BoJack's the king until somebody takes its crown. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Joe Swanberg's, like, look at married And ennui. it is really good. It is, yeah. Yeah, so we definitely recommend you check out Easy if you've been skipping that one over. But uh, we're going BoJack Horseman here. Yeah, I wish Easy then, made it to, like, the final four or something. But... Yeah. Making a Murderer versus The Crown. Uh, this one, you've seen more of make, uh, The Crown than I have, so Crown? does it hold a candle to Making a Murderer? I, I think so, unless you can argue for Making a Murderer. I don't like the open-endedness of Making a Murderer. I love how it makes me feel like it's dragging, and I'm like, are you not going to answer? Right. And then it does something, and you're like, well, right, let's keep watching. Uh, the only argument I would make for Making a Murderer is that it seems to have been this really influential true crime true. bubble like that and serial kind of I, that's like you beat me. I was gonna say serial these... I would care yeah. for it you know yeah so I mean maybe it's the crown then I would say the crown but why are we arguing when we know what it's gonna go up against <laughs> so I'll go with the crown mm-hmm. there and we can move on to Narcos versus Glow you're the Narcos fan here uh, do you think it's better than Glow I don't think it's fair that it has multiple seasons over Glow. That's what that's I'll that's say. a that's a good point. 
but I am a very big fan. I say this for any language at all. It is one of the reasons why I think if I were to finish Dark, it may be it may be higher. That it gets invested into a language as it does in Spanish and English, and it never it never downplays it to someone speaking right. a language when they shouldn't be. I think it, it keeps a very strong authenticity to it. Yeah, it's a truly bilingual show. Yeah. Okay, that's a good that's you a good point I mean? to be made. But Glow's also really good too. I'm okay going Narcos here. I know there's a lot of yeah. Narcos fans out there. Yeah. I can go either way, honestly. All right, and then we get into the racial tensions part of the bracket. Seven seconds versus Dear White People. Oh, uh, it's got to be Dear White People. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love Dear White People. Yeah. I, I got to go with that. Uh, all right, into the round of eight. Mindhunter versus American Vandal. Are we giving this to American Vandal? Yeah, you know we are. I don't, I don't feel... Any remorse. <laughs> Maybe we should check ourselves for those psychopath tests on Mindhunter. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, Mindhunter's great, but I, American hit Vandal hit, hit me where it hurt. Okay. Hit me exactly where I needed to be. I don't know. We're in the graffiti piece, yeah. <laughs> uh, Orange is the New Black versus Master of None. I'm going Master of None. Master of None. Bojack, Horseman, Over the Crown. Bojack, Horseman, Over the Crown. And then Narcos versus Dear White People. Hmm. So for me, this is Dear White People, but hmm. if you feel strongly about Narcos, I can give you Narcos. It's not fair because, again, one has multiple seasons, but I will say this. You brought up that interesting question that when Dear White People drops, am I going to binge it? And I say yes. When Narcos 2 dropped, I did it. Yeah. I think... I think Dear White, Dear White People, people is the one that really needs the love. Dear White People is the one that needs more people to watch it because I there already know the stigma against it. So I'm gonna say yeah, Dear a lot White of people, people dismissed it based on title alone, yeah. but uh, let's give it right that now. Cinderella status. It's making its way into the final four. <laughs> it's the bound two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right, final four time, and it's all comedies. I don't know what that says about us, but it's all Netflix comedies here. American Vandal versus Master of None. Art. Why is this American Vandal? It's American Vandal because of the fact that it's able to take a story that you wouldn't think would be as serious as it is. It's interesting that you say comedy because American Vandal is, is both a comedy yet a thriller at the same time. It starts off funny. The last 15 minutes are not funny. Yeah. No, I mean, for all of its dick jokes and immature humor, there is a really genuine story underneath American Vandal talking about the, the path that these kids are going to follow and the way that these actions have you know, lifelong consequences, yeah. essentially. I think there's a subtle brilliance to that, as well as just the, the way, way that it told. kind of subverts the whole true co the crime documentary told. narrative. It, yeah. I mean, it, the amount of people who I've shown this to who watched an episode and then just kind of you know, hesitantly said, but who, did who drew the dicks? Mm -hmm. Who drew the dicks? Yeah. I need to know who the, drew the dicks. Like it, the fact that it wants you to, it makes you want to know that answer is incredible. It's incredible filmmaking. Uh, it's, it's American Vandal all the way. I've been pushing the show for the longest time. And then we got Bojack Horseman versus Dear White People. Sadly, I think this is the end of Dear, Dear White, White People's People, yeah. run. It was an admiral run, but uh, we love our alcoholic, talking, depressed horse. Suicidal so. horse, yes. 
<laughs> we're down to a BoJack Horseman versus American Vandal final. Now, this is interesting, right? You know, like, when you're dating someone for, like, a couple of years that you've yet to, like, ask a certain question because you, you're just afraid if it's going to be the deal breaker. Right. Zach. <laughs> I mean, we always talk about BoJack. We do. We've been obsessed with American Vandal for the last time, but we've never made a decision on which is the better show. Right. Like, we talk about it. We pretend like we do, right? Mm-hmm. We, we sort of allude to it. Yeah, we, we what is it called? We uh, we play with the idea, right? Yeah. We bring it up and pass, pass by in conversation and such, but we never actually say anything. we got to address our problems head on. Zach, which are you picking? Because we our, knew it was these two. Yes. We knew. Yes. I think, I think we were ba- fairly certain that this would be where we ended up. And... I'm going to return to an argument that you have been making Don't throughout you dare. this. This is such a relationship fight right here. Don't you dare use my own words on me. <laughs> Unless I agree. One of these shows has the benefit of having several seasons more than the other. And I think it's the case with some shows that those several seasons uh, occasionally water down what you really loved about the show or kind of extend it in a direction that's not quite as good. Not the case with BoJack Horseman. Not the case. BoJack Horseman is phenomenal seasons one through four in the hilarious depths of its animal puns to the sad truths of its reflections on life. These are both shows that I'm kind of stunned I love as much as I do, but that I love four seasons of BoJack Horseman as much as I do. I think think it's got to have the edge. Why is it that American Mandel made me feel everything BoJack Horseman did in four seasons in one, though? Why is it, it is that really I binged BoJack, that I binged American Vandal, <laughs> then showed it to my brother, binged it again, then showed it to my girlfriend, binged it again, and then made a video and I said, you know, might as well just binge it again. Why? It's great. Every episode. You can maybe make an argument that it's the season of comedy on Netflix. Do you know? I think it's a better season than any season of BoJack Horseman. And BoJack Horseman is not on a list. It is above the list already. That shows you my love for American Vandal. There has not been a person I have told about American Vandal who watches it 10 seconds into the second episode and they get addicted. And they not only binge it, but it becomes one of their favorites. Minimum four stars. People, people have been completely surprised mm-hmm. by American Vandal. Just not people, enough people have seen it. Yeah. Bojack Horseman, however, has been a little bit more difficult to get to people. I have shown uh, Bojack Horseman to a couple of people, and they kind of don't really get it. Yeah. Like, it's not their style. Yeah. So, it is really cynical and depressing. So, I'm going American Vandal. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, so. now, let me offer you something here. Let me offer you something please, for you please. and the audience out there because we are dealing with Netflix. We are dealing with a very unconventional, got to get banned from cons type of territory. So who's to say we have to have the conventional one winner? Who's to right. say that we can't have both? But who's also to say that you don't just like, you know, pick American Band? <laughs> okay. Uh. I'll throw out one more argument, potentially in Bojack's favor. That's fine. What do you think happens when we get that second season of American Vandal? It's an anthology. 
do you feel like we're we're you feel like you're gonna feel this way? I hope so. <laughs> yes. I hope so too. I'm a little bit worried that they won't be able to recapture the magic of that first season. The I, cast really relied on it. The cast was too perfect. The cast was perfect. <sighs> Bojack Horseman is the best one on Netflix because it has four seasons, and with every single season, it's able to do something better. Just for its longevity in and of itself. Bojack's yeah. worst season, you can't even call it a worst season, Bojack's least favorite season, <laughs> lowest one, Bojack's is least better. great season. <laughs> its least great season is better than... Not Netflix, television. Yeah. Television. Yeah. It's better than at, at least 99% of television, if I'm 1,000%. Bojack Horseman. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it, as much as it pains me to say anything bad about American Vandal. I'm not saying anything bad about American Vandal at all. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it, look, we're, we're put, if we're going to give it that distinction, maybe it is the best season of television they, on Netflix, they, but they, not the best show. Relationships are about sacrifice and... Compromise. Compromise. <laughs> That's the word, yeah, compromise. No, Bojack Horseman <laughs> definitely deserves it. Bojack Horseman is... Bojack Horseman, to me, is was the first great Netflix show. That's when I was like, Netflix has got something. Yeah, and I think it's also Creatively. notable that both Bojack Horseman and American Vandal don't seem like shows we would get on any other network. I mean, even though That's we true. get... that, Even though we exactly. get weird shows exactly. or, or shows that curse on HBO or on Hulu or whatever... There's a certain attitude and a certain disregard of the rules that I think is uh, part of both these shows. And only Netflix gives us exactly. that kind of content. That's why when I saw BoJack and also with American Vandal, when I saw BoJack, I was like, this feels different. It feels like this could only be made on Netflix because no one else would have the balls to allow something like this to happen. As of right. recently, obviously, stuff has, has grown like Rick and Morty and, and, and stuff like that. But there's still... I don't think Rick and Morty goes as dark as this does. Yeah. So. Not, not in quite the same way, Not at the least. same way, exactly. What struck me about doing this Netflix bracket was that despite how many shows there are that I've enjoyed on Netflix, and despite how it feels like Netflix is currently dominating the television marketplace, aside from four or five titles, I don't think a lot of what I would consider the best television of the past decade has come out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, shows like Orange is the New Black and House of Cards haven't really entered the pantheon alongside shows like Breaking Bad or Mad Men or The Sopranos. And if Stranger Things really is kind of like the biggest crossover hit Netflix has, maybe Netflix isn't quite as powerful as we've given them credit for. Uh, and a lot of their power lies in these more niche, interesting, weird shows. True. Uh, but for now, we should move on. Let us know your thoughts on the Netflix segment down below in the comments. What would you have winning? Uh, take that Brackify mm -hmm. bracket and let us know. Thanks for watching along with us. We're going to get to the new to see where we talk about what's new in theaters on demand and VOD. Starting with April 20th in theaters, yeah. I feel pretty. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> From the people who wrote He's Just Not That Into You and How to Be Single, a movie where Amy Schumer feels she's a super, believe she's a supermodel after a bump to the head. Uh, I Feel Pretty is the co-directing feature debut of Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein, who are probably most famous for writing the script to Never Been Kissed. That also seems like it was their creative high point. Yeah. I'm going to skip this one. Uh, super Troopers 2. I think um, that's what you were maybe aiming me about. Yes, I was. Because they're releasing uh, the at 420 at 420 p.m. <laughs> 
Just going all in on the marketing, oh. Broken Lizard Gang reunites for a sequel to its classic 2001 cult hit, Super Troopers, just in time to celebrate the 420 holiday, as you mentioned. Yes, sir. Tully, it's the new Jason Reitman film with Diablo Cody writing the script. It played Sundance. It stars Charlize Theron, Mark Duplass, Ron Livingston, and my dearly beloved Mackenzie Davis. Uh, I know this didn't get amazing reviews out of Sundance, but mm-hmm. I think Jason Reitman's a good filmmaker who kind of just lost his way in the last few films. But I'm really excited for the creative team he has assembled mm-hmm. here. I, assuming you didn't get this one at Netflix at Sundance. Uh, no, I missed this one at Sundance. But uh, I, I, from the people who I were following, they had pretty positive things to say about it, especially when it dealt with motherhood and uh, seeing the trailer. It seems like it. It feels magical. I don't really know the story of it. Yeah, it seems but, like there's this kind of magical, real realism yeah. element to it. So I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I'll be, probably be catching up with it this week. I'm so excited for I it. I will report back with some thoughts. Traffic. It's a mystery thriller with Paula Patton and Omar Epps. Ghost Stories. Supposed to be a creepy horror anthology. Duck, Duck, Goose. Featuring the voices of Jim Gaffigan and Zendaya. And The Devil and Father Amareth. It's kind of interesting premise here. William Friedkin, who directed 1973's The Exorcist, Exorcism, uh, directs a documentary about the head of the exorcist for the diocese of Rome uh, as he performs an exorcism. You've heard about this? No, I don't want to know anything about this, dude. I'm trying to get spirits out of my life, not bring it <laughs> uh, And then new to streaming... On Netflix, April 20th, Dope, Season 2, Netflix's original documentary about the war on drugs, exactly what what every pothead wants to watch on 420. Mm -hmm. HBO Go, April 21st. (laughs) April 21st, War for the Planet of the Apes. Barely? What? Barely? What are you talking about? Wait, what is this coming out on? HBO Go. Oh, I thought... Oh, I was thinking VOD. I was like, how is that even possible? No, no, no. HBO Go oh, okay. on April 21st. So uh, if you haven't concluded the War for the Planet of the Apes trilogy, oh, that one is so. up there. April 22nd, we get the season two premiere of Westworld. I know you're excited for that one. I know it's that soon. <laughs> Hulu on April 18th, The Tragedy Girls, a slasher from 2017. On April 19th, Loving Vincent with Bill Murray as a father figure, or at least some kind of weird uncle. Mm-hmm. And on April 20th, Z for Zachariah, an interesting dystopian movie with Margot Robbie, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Chris Pine from a couple years ago. It's alright. It's okay. <laughs> uh, on Mubi, now playing, Kate plays Christine. And two Harmony Corinne titles are expiring soon, Trash Humpers and Mr. Lonely. Then on new, new to VOD, April 17th, The Post finally is available for y'all, as well as The Commuter with Liam Neeson. <laughs> one movie I recommend, one I do not. Pick of the week time. Art, what is your pick mm. of the week? Uh, for those of you who want to go on to theaters, I would definitely say go see A Quiet Place. That is one where I think now that the crowds are dwindling, the people who really want to go see it are going to be those who are going to actually be quiet in your theater. So right. definitely go check it out for that. Uh, my other pick would be, I was watching this, it was a recommendation that was given to me uh, for Netflix. It's called Money Heist. And I think it's pretty interesting for those who might want it dubbed because it automatically starts dubbed. Sounds a little iffy. I would definitely watch it in Spanish. Do you know what country it's from? Uh, it's a Spanish film. Or it's a Spanish series, I believe. Mm. Uh, just watch it in Spanish instead. But it's interesting. It's interesting because the whole... I get more invested 
when the whole season takes place in like a day or in one place, and that's what the whole the whole thing takes place in the bank. And I'm like, it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's okay. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> the only thing I've really registered about Money Heist is it's got one of those like weirdly awkward titles, like um, the titles of American movies when you translate them. Yes. Like I don't know if you saw that Seth Rogen Jimmy Kimmel sketch where they're like promoting uh, blockers, and apparently in Lithuania it's called No to Sex. And uh, it sounds like that, what? but the American version of it. Oh, money okay. heist. The All heist right. for money. I don't money know. heist, yeah. Uh, being that it's 420 weekend, uh, I'll give out the recommendation of Pineapple Express. Express you know, course. that's always a classic 420 watch for the Stony community. But if you're not into that, uh, you know, Westworld seems like a good option. If you want to catch up binge on season yeah, one, get ready for season two. And if not that, then Tully, you know, I, I'm going to be out there checking out the new Jason Reitman movie. I, I like Jason Reitman a lot, the director of Juno, Up in the Air, Thank You for Smoking. So hoping he's returning to that Juno form on this uh, collab with Diablo Cody, mm-hmm. at least young adult form, mm-hmm. since this is another Charlize Theron one. I don't know. We'll see. We'll I'll see. report back next week. Let me know what you think and what you're watching down below in the comments. But that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter at ZShevich or on Instagram, also at ZShevich. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplex show. Art, where do people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And I got a couple of other videos coming out this upcoming week. Like we were talking about the rock one. We are talking about the Westworld one and how they handle the spoilers and stuff. Just a, you know, just a, just a couple of videos breaking down media and art and such. But if those videos are a little too short for you, you can always catch me right here on the Intercut Podcast. Yes. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud or on your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed, not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can see our bright, smiling faces as we run through the latest in entertainment for you. But... To find new episodes of the Intercut, check us out on Tuesdays. Also like our Facebook, our Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at IntercutPod. So get updates from me and from Art throughout the week. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, and like that, we're gone.